0: Two new acquaintances have to try and figure out what's going on in one of their apartments because there's some strange activity that's leading them somewhere. And then two brothers return to the alien death cult that they escaped from years earlier. Ten years earlier, I should say. Just for a little bit of a visit when they get a package from one of the members. As we're talking about something in the dirt and the endless and technically... Be forewarned, we also got Resolution in there with Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, the writers-directors of these films, here on Overdue Rentals. Welcome back, everybody, to Overdue Rentals, the show where we're talking about movies that people, for some reason, just don't talk about enough. I'm Matthew Shuckman. And I'm Cinderblad's Mike Reyes. And as you heard, I, ew, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a quick a small rant, not too long because we want to get Justin and Aaron in here to talk to us. But I had seen their film Spring around when it came out, and not, you know, I, I was fine with it, but it didn't like blow my mind like some other people. I guess to say I enjoyed it, but I wasn't ready for like the new coming of 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 some filmmakers uh, out, out of the, out of the blue, but. Then I was at the Tribeca Film Festival and I was looking at, at the year at, at, at the time, which was like 2017, I wanna, I wanna say. And um, I was looking through the, the booklet to see what movies I was gonna see or if I wasn't asked to cover them, so on and so forth. And I, I try my very best not to know what about movie's about. So I read the very blandest description I can. I saw the description of The Endless, two brothers return to a cult that they escape from. That's all kind of said. And I'm like, oh, I'll see that. And it ended up being like my favorite movie of of, of the festival. Uh, one of my favorites of the year. And as I'm coming out, you know, I'm talking about it with my friend. My friend hints me into it, it's tied to another film that they made that I hadn't seen. I'm like, what's going on? And since then, I've been following them step by step by step and just so thrilled every time they have something out. Um, and
1: so, yeah, it's always good to talk to them. Now, See, that's exactly how I went into The Endless, because I had heard all the buzz. I've heard everybody for the past couple of years saying, oh, wow, The Endless, The Endless. I'd heard buzz about spring, but I didn't put two and two together and realize that was them too. I haven't seen that one either. The endless was my first experience with Benson and Moorhead. And then going into something in the dirt, especially because of the connections to the endless, which we will discuss in a moment. Yeah. That just, that made me feel so. And then for you to text me over the weekend, it's like, okay. Oh, I forgot to mention, um, watch resolution. If you can, it's like, okay. And then I just, I, I remember looking for where it was to stream, but I didn't get to stream it before the podcast. But it was after I had seen The Endless and it's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, it's that story. And then you're like, okay, I don't want to spoil it for you, but it's this story. It's like, oh yeah, I saw that in the description. Yeah, yeah. But to know that there's like this wonderful little cottage industry sort of universe that they're putting together is, it's thrilling. Yeah, just,
0: well, actually, I think we should get Justin Aaron in here to talk about this, but very quickly before we do that, I will say this to everybody who, if they haven't seen these films, um, because we will do kind of be a little spoilerish at this point, I think uh, when we talk about it, but Resolution came out, actually Resolution was, I think their first movie and ultimately the characters from Resolution and settings even appear in the endless and they're tied together in a lot of ways. And then in Something in the Dirt, I remember the first time I had seen it, when it was premiering at Sundance, you know, I could see connections to things, but it was, it was less, it felt like it was more like sprinklings of just like being a nod to those. But then when I watched it again, in preparation to talk to them, like, no, there's a lot more going on here. So I think with that, let's get uh, Justin and Aaron in here to talk about this.
1: And if you folks want a quick rundown as to how you should watch the movies, Resolution, The Endless, Something in the Dirt. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome... Benson, Moorhead, to the Overdue Rentals counter without further ado, now that you've actually watched all three of these movies before listening. Right. (laughs) Justin, Aaron, thank you so much for taking the time today to not only talk with us about something in the dirt, but also the endless. You Um, know,
0: we didn't mention also, we're going to have to mention Resolution, too. It just fit, you know, how can we not? Please.
1: It's the Moorhead Benson Cinematic Universe.
0: Universe.
2: (laughs) We have uh, somebody else coined this term, uh, and I think actually several people have now independently coined this term, but the term is uh, the shitty Carl
1: Cinematic Universe. <laughs> that, I haven't, sir, yeah. I,
0: go for it, go for it, Mike, go for it.
1: No, no, I'm I'm just agreeing with that wholeheartedly because you, it really is interesting to look at the characters between both of these films in particular and seeing the parallels, the swaps, and even the names.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's funny as we, especially with something in the dirt where it's a little more Easter eggy, but in our minds, it's besides um, you know, the two people that look identical to our characters in the endless. Um, besides that, there's that the, there is actually a larger mythology plug-in that is happening that is very behind the scenes. Um, but uh, but is very present, and we actually plan to explore. Okay. A relationship of the movie Something in the Dirt in the Endless Universe in another project, which would be really fun.
0: Well, yeah, I was gonna actually say this because that's interesting. Because look, when I saw Something in the Dirt at Sundance, I was just I was I was paying attention to a lot of stuff, but I didn't catch not until I rewatched it that I catch the red flower. Uh that I ca- I actually until maybe an hour ago didn't realize the surnames of your characters in Something in the Dirt was Danube and Daniels. Um, you, you know, there's, there's, and there's a lot of stuff from like, yeah, granted, you know, birds flying into things could be anything, but I started to think the second time I'm watching it, well, the birds hit, hit the wall, the end the endless and they're escaping. I'm wondering if it's a reference to that as well. And I started as much as I love you guys, I started hating you guys <laughs> for all the things you're starting of me think.
3: Yeah. Did you, did Sorry. you, did you catch a certain photo?
0: Oh, now See, I have uh, to go back and watch go. It again.
2: God damn it. Yeah. Um, I think I think somebody once called w- what you're experiencing thinky pain.
3: <laughs> well, um, go the, ahead. Sorry. did you catch Did you catch a certain rope being pulled? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it
0: is the rope. There's a lot. I, I definitely have to watch it like multiple more times. That's that's for sure. What All what right. else should we be looking out for? Well, Mike Mike's got Mike's got more than I don't have actually. Mike, what do you have?
1: Oh, I had the uh, the Arcadia Brewing Company with their Third Moon Lager, uh, a beer that I would say tastes the same every time you sip it. <laughs> <laughs> Very Did consistent. You? That's really good. Yeah,
3: that's
2: good. And
1: then, of Did... course, there was the red flower that Matt had mentioned, because I see that little bag, and it's like, oh.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Did you catch a certain geological formation?
1: Well um uh if it is a marker of some sort uh i did catch that in the flamethrower uh in the in the vfx flamethrower sequence
2: obviously Ah, there's there's two other shots two are two other sequences that have it in there yeah it's it's all over the place and actually i mean are we doing spoilers what are we doing it sounds like we are yeah
0: i think you can i think it's okay we're gonna warn people ahead of time
2: yeah the uh the 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 idea here that um, we we haven't really said out loud very much. So this is, but it, but it's it's that the reason that we're tying something in the dirt into the endless universe isn't just, uh, hey, look at us, you know, look, we can do this, which is fun too. Might as well be that, but um, we've made a movie. Um, not to over explain what we're doing here, but I think that's almost impossible with this movie. <laughs> is um, we're saying that there's these these people are onto something. And yet they took a left turn when they should have kept going straight, uh, mm-hmm. or or paused, really, is more they, they they just kind of went, they they got up their own butts and decided to to chase something because the because it confirmed their their desire to um to be correct. And um and the the reason that the the endless mysteries are in there for the viewer that that is aware of the endless uh, universe, the shitty Carl cinematic universe, <laughs> is that. There is a larger mystery here that is right in front of their faces, but they can't see it. We see it, um, and it's it, it, for us, it's akin to the, the bomb under the table, um, where you just kind of, if you know that they're kind of, they're starting to poke at an endless style mystery, then you know that there's this other thing going on in rural San Diego, and, um, and so for us, there's actually a very big thematic reason that we're tying these in that it's, there is this thing that's right in front of their faces if only they would look the right direction.
0: Um, I also find it interesting because I found that there are also, there is a thematic connection you can bring between them. Like, you think of how Levi gets upset every time John basically just shoots down anything he says, could go back to the brothers' relationship with the analyst as well.
3: Good observation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting because, because that, that's actually... <laughs> We never discussed that what you just said, though it is correct. But something we did discuss was that um, uh, just as informing the characters, one of the things that helped inspire and motivate those characters, what they became, was conversations about us not wanting to repeat the performances that we did in the endless in any way. That we would totally switch the the power dynamic yeah. um, between the and the characters we were playing. But that's cool. I, I like. I like what you said better. And there's, there's better, there's more specificity to it too.
1: Well, <laughs> executive producer credit. Yeah, well, it's it's actually funny.
0: And I, I don't mean to cut Mike, uh, cause I don't want to cut you off from asking anything, but I, since you just said that Justin, cause I remember I talked to you guys for, syn- for, for Synchronic. And I remember actually, it's funny cause I remember seeing something in the dirt and then going back to our interview and saying they were obviously in the middle of shooting that because you guys were completely in the apartment in the same outfits. And I remember thinking while even when you came on the screen when I did the interview, it, like it almost seemed like you were trying to be opposites. Like Justin was trying to be the more freewheeling version all of a sudden and Aaron was a little more tied down, just the way you looked, huh. it, it kind of came across like before I even saw the movie. That, that almost that was a plan, maybe. That would make yeah. sense. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, this this time I this time I got the longish blonde hair. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know it's so funny and really disconcerting, especially because there's so many metatextual levels in the movie is this has happened more than once now, but we've we've like been in an interview with somebody who had just finished watching the film. And because I have long hair and you can't see it, but Justin has a buzzed head or, or had one at the time, um, uh, he thought we were each other. And so we're, we we and we had to figure it out halfway through the interview is that we're like, you know, because they would say your character's doing this. And we kind of figured out, be like, oh, he thinks I'm the other person. And um, by the way, we don't care, like, no effect, like, who cares at all? It was just more really interesting because already, you know, there's a movie about filmmakers making movies and we're playing, you know, we already played characters in another movie where we used our own names and the film, in the film, these characters have our own childhoods because we used our own childhood footage. So it was really interesting in real life to kind of like piece together that piece of the mystery is that we'd, we'd swapped personalities.
1: Well, especially with something in the dirt, there is that beautiful sort of line blurring where it starts out as a traditional narrative. And then I was surprised because I went into it as cold as possible, because especially with the movies, with a lot of the movies we cover on overdue rentals, I like to try and do that just because it's such a rare treat to go into something and not have images from a trailer lodged in your mind and thinking that's going there, that's going there. I had no clue this narrative went into a meta narrative where it was, okay, this is a documentary and this is what happened during the production of that documentary. Mm-hmm. And so that's just another sort of wonderful mindfuck that gets thrown in here. And I I was very curious, you know, you two have worked together so long at this point and you have that wonderful title card in the, at the end the film is dedicated to people, of uh, making friends with, movies with your friends, sorry. I'm just, excitable jumbled words, don't mind yeah. me. But what do you think is the key to making that partnership work, especially since now you've worked on the MCU together with episodes of Moon Knight? Mm. What is key? Because that must have been like a giant challenge in itself. Well,
3: I mean, one thing is, and this is kind of a cop-out answer, I swear we'll have something better eventually. Like, I'll say this and they'll probably... (laughs)
1: We'll get it for
3: the next. I'll say something. It'll inspire Aaron to say something better, and then this will be how it works. You'll see it in real time. Mm-hmm. So I'll just start out. But then whatever um, I say,
2: you'll you'll have now had time to figure out a third better answer. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so the cop out answer is that, uh, but it's real. Is that um, uh, filmmaking, for, at least the way Aaron and I have experienced it. Um, even when it's something highly personal and weird and you don't have a lot of oversight, no one's telling you what to do. You, you can, you, you can kind of, yeah, I guess it was just personal, personal filmmaking, um, call it a tour filmmaking, but whatever you want to call it, but like the sort of like the, the idea of like a writer director as opposed to a movie by committee. Um, at least in our experience, these things tend to work better and you won't hate your life if you can collaborate and get along with everyone really well. Um, whether it's the production designer, DP, the, the production assistants, the boom operator, the just everybody. Like hopefully, hopefully everyone's having an enjoyable experience. The hours are very long, and the, the resulting the resulting story and art will probably be better um, if people are getting along, hearing each other out, and. And, and building up ideas and and expressing skepticism when you don't think it's working and saying why and allowing all of these things to lead to the best product you could have all collaborated on to make together so with that i mean the fact that we are co-directors and all these things it's really it's just it's just one more collaboration that that uh that, that we take a, a lot of both take a lot of pride in in, in doing well and, and that's such a I think that's intrinsic to uh to filmmaking. So, anyways, that's the cop-out answer. I'm sure now Aaron has something <laughs> better.
2: Nah, that's the one. I'm 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 just gonna back you up on that. Sorry. <laughs> Next <right>. question. <laughs> Would it be better if Aaron's like, mm. I like cat food. <laughs> 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 um, I I it it is a lot of fun. Uh I think when you've I, I I wasn't I was just listening to you, so I don't have a better answer. I wasn't thinking of one, but I can say it is a lot of fun. Um you just kind of get to your, your your job is your hobby. We'd do it even if we couldn't get paid for it, and uh, we'd hang out even if we weren't being well. We're not really being paid to hang out, but you know what I mean. But it doesn't result in in us being able to pay our rent. Um, so it makes everything a lot easier, and it's just it's it's pretty damn fun.
1: Well, it's certainly easy to feel that love because what the first five minutes of Something in the Dirt. It's just that this is uh, this is the second film of yours I've seen, but already. The shorthand is there, and just knowing your knowing your personalities and knowing how you put them into your characters and everything you do in these films is there. So then, when that wonderful subversion comes later, where this relationship eventually breaks down, that just made it all the more exciting to watch this movie because I'm coming from The Endless, and it's like, wow, that's like that's one of the best brother stories I've ever seen. And then going to this, where it's like these two guys that at first is like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I see where this is going. I'm in for this. And then it's like, oh. I don't like you, John. I don't like you at all.
3: There was, a, there was something for us. I mean, part of the conception of this project was the excitement of telling a story where it's not about a friendship, really. It's not really about a romance. It's not really about a sibling relationship. It's really about a failed relationship and tracking the tragedy of that failed relationship. But then also there for just a moment, they can both acknowledge that their relationship has failed and that's okay. They still kind of respect each other just enough as people, even though they've already done enough to cause an even bigger tragedy. <laughs> so.
0: Was, is there in your minds now, now that this there is an official shitty call universe, we'll call it, endless universe, whatever, <laughs> that there is like now all of a sudden an order that people should be watching these in? Because I remember I had not seen Resolution when it came out. I saw Spring First of yours, then I saw The Endless and actually at Tribeca and I was on the way out of the screening, my friend said, you know, started telling me about like, oh, well, you know, Mike and, Mike and Chris, that's, that's resolution. And I, my mind got blown a second time at that point. And then again, going into something in the dirt, not thinking that it was supposed to be, maybe my feelings have changed. Because again, on the first viewing, there are things you can n- notice, but it seemed more like that to me was the, just like a callback. And then rewatching it the second time, like, no, there's something bigger going on here. Is there now a different way you think people should view these films? Uh, Justin
2: please tell me if you if you uh, have an idea I don't know what order at this point anyone should watch our movies um, normally if if somebody like I just cold turkey don't know them have no idea what they like I say spring I think spring is a pretty easy like uh, sugar sugar to sure. go down a spoonful of sugar there. that's what the phrase is and um, uh, and then the endless might be just just in terms of like can I grab them and I just grab them because I don't, and I don't know their personality? If we're just talking about like unraveling the mythology, yeah. there is something, I think our favorite version is this. This was actually what we really loved during releasing The Endless, was Resolution would get licensed to really like offshoot, you know, the equivalent of like MTV3, but not MTV, you know, like whatever, the, whatever that would play. And it would play at like 2 a.m. on that channel. Nobody was like tuning in to watch the movie. It would just be if somebody was smoking a huge bowl, they're still awake, they're browsing, and they decide to watch it. And they probably then just fell asleep afterwards. I And my favorite person, and you can't design it this way, is someone who watched Resolution High, forgot they saw it, and then four years later, <laughs> saw, went to the theater, yeah. and watched The Endless, and was like... And just had a meltdown thinking, I've seen this movie before, but it was different. And they think they're having a Mandela effect. That would be my favorite for that way to see the movie.
0: It, it's well, it's I, I find it funny because again, since I saw the endless before I saw Resolution, and you know, even before I'd seen Resolution, my friend telling me about not necessarily the whole plot, but you know, just connecting the dots for me a little bit. I all of a sudden now like, well, that's the most brilliant thing in the world, using a time loop to talk about the 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 destruction of of, of the circle of of of, uh, of drug addiction and all this other stuff, and I'm like, and now even though if that was not the case when fully resolution started, because there's not a, you don't see a, a loop in resolution, it's like now become another level for me after seeing it before seeing it after uh, after seeing the endless. Sorry, I went on a rant there. No, I just realized oh, no. I want to say like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> um. The, uh, oh, I was gonna. I'll, I'll make an additional comment though on uh, on the order in which to watch our movies. I'll make a controversial proposal. Um, I think that it can be really interesting to watch Resolution after The Endless, but it depends on the person, because I I do think there's so many things to Resolution that are a feeling in watching the movie, if you watch it with a really good sound system and it's the right time for you and you're really engaged with it, um, that there's a there's a feeling to it that exists in a document that that Aaron and I have, that um, you'd probably just be able to feel what's happening, some, some of the supernatural aspects to it in a really special way that's interesting. But there's a lot of people who wouldn't experience the movie that way and I think for those people, if you watch the endless first, there's a threat in resolution and a feeling of unease you might not otherwise have. It might be just be too mysterious for you. That is a good way to put it. Um, but it just—it totally depends on the viewer. But but um, but I, 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 there is a world where it is better to watch resolution after um, after the endless because you just have a little more information and you could probably, yeah. You probably detect the point of view of the movie earlier on, like very literally point of view of the movie. <laughs> and like like who's making the, the the entity making these recordings in a in a really interesting way. Well,
0: I, I have to say, like I'm not the type of person that yells at the screens, but in re-watching resolution one time, that's the time I'm yelling. It's like your loop hasn't started yet. Just drive away. It'll be okay that's
2: great yeah well it's it's also interesting is when we eventually return to this universe if we ever return to camp arcadia you have you have this really interesting balance that we have to figure out how to strike which is there's the horror movie thing of like you know not to go behind that door you know that, that sort of thing and then there's the other thing is like well if you know the rules and it's not close to the 10 years and also uh yes you, you can do it it's actually quite safe and maybe even important and good. Um, so it's a weird thing where, where most horror movies struggle with this idea of like, well, you know that's a bad idea, but the plot demands it. And then there's also like the rational characters of Aaron and Justin. Like if we ever do go back to physically Camp Arcadia, which is very possible, um, I mean, I would. Personally, I would. I know that there's not, you know, it's, I, I know I could protect myself,
3: so.
1: What's well, just really neat about the way that you got, oh yeah, I, I'm sorry for the lack of better verbiage here in, in front of the presence <laughs> of these gentlemen. It's like, it's really neat, guys. But cool what I found very creative is going into the endless, you know, I see I see the synopsis. It's like a UFO death cult. It's like, okay, so I'm expecting gaslighting realities that may be a little iffy and eventually some sort of sinister presence. And then you get to the end, and it's like, no, everybody's caught in this same mess. And if there is anything sinister, it's beyond all of us. And these are just people trying to trying to make the best of a horrible, hellish loop.
2: It's kind of like a barbarian, but with interdimensional stuff.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
3: The
2: the red herring of of uh, of threat. And by the way, don't apologize for your your um, passion and enthusiasm. It's really beautiful, and, and I appreciate it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the, the red herring is very, uh, is something I think we've used in all of our films. Have we ever not like really dove into red herrings? Um, but they've, they've become more, less loose ends as time goes on and more integral to the plot. Um, but the, uh, but I, I think the idea of, I think it's because we have such a steady diet of, of new science fiction and horror ideas that like to, to plant themselves in our brain and wiggle around. Um, that, that we we want to address them head on and using expectation is is uh, uh, weaponizing expectation for the audience is one of our favorite tools because um, I think we make movies in order to hopefully explore ideas that otherwise aren't explored. And um, and it's really important to us. To do that, but if you if you just start with the the new idea without recognizing the shoulders of the giants that it stands on, um, then it just kind of becomes surreal, it becomes like a music video or something. Um, does that make sense? Sorry, I kind of spun off. What you were just talking about. Well, I, I said no, no, but no, yes, it does. <laughs> no, does that make sense? No, so it's interview ends.
3: That's <laughs> funny. You should you should actually bring it up. Uh, obviously, in the endless where. On the one hand, trying to more conspicuously express a sci-fi horror idea that had been in conversations and making resolution, but we had left it so mysterious. So obviously we're, we're trying to do that, that already existed. But the other thing too was, was that in the five years prior to The Endless, you had so many movies that dealt with cults in that way. And like off the top of my head, it was like, there was like Sound of My Voice, there was A Sacrament, there was Martha, Marlene.
1: Marcy, Marlene.
3: Yeah, an amazing <laughs> film, by the way, with an amazing performance by John Ox. Um. Anyways, that's three up the top, top of my head. So, yeah, we knew that we couldn't just from the straight out the gate on that one. We knew that we it would be way too familiar if we went down some of those those more traditional yeah. uh, cult films of the last decade, fifteen years.
1: And yet, at the same time, it has become eerily prescient and identifiable as as time has gone on. Sadly. And has, has there ever been a moment where, like, you're writing something like something in the dirt, where this is very much tackling conspiracy theories, internet rabbit holes, and just, again, gaslighting. Was there ever a moment that you looked at what you were doing and thought, okay, maybe we need to ease back a little, like, maybe we've gone a little too hard because of reacting to everything, all of this?
2: <laughs> well, it's, it's so funny you should say that, because um, in my gut... Uh, As filmmakers, and I know that this is um, contravening something I just said, but um, I don't have an outward immediate desire to make a movie that is a reaction to something else. Um, I know that we do it uh, instinct. uh, You know, there is there is some kind of instinct that, you know, as as I said, you have to kind of like recognize using the red herrings what's out there, Um, but especially with this movie we were more reacting to the the idea of um you know how the x files has pervaded culture and mm. become by the way the x files rules it's one of our favorite things um oh, but yeah. but but it's bec- because it was so saturated back when it was on the air there's kind of these these ideas in it that people are starting to actually take as fact that were more or less made up by the creators um and and then all, looking at that and how people um have never been very well taught ourselves included. Um, how to differentiate what a what a good source is and what a bad source is, or not a source at all, you know. And so, so we wanted to. We we were we were thinking, wouldn't it be interesting if these guys just get their information from all over the place and don't even really question it. And but but just the fact that it was somewhere makes seems to make it valid to them. It was not about the very modern day 2022 conspiracy theory. Um, Hell hole we find ourselves in. It was, it was truly about like more like fun coast to coast ideas. Mm. Uh, the the the, uh, the insidious nature of of how um, an idea that's loud and bold and interesting happens to just embed itself in our minds as truth. Um, but it wasn't really meant to be about today. I hope we make movies that aren't very much about the day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, obviously something in the dirt is, but it was an accident um huh.
3: uh yeah
1: but it'll still play <laughs> we, outside yeah. of the context
3: yeah you almost can't it's funny though you almost can't avoid having some overlap with science fiction horror storytelling conspiracy theory and something aaron and i have noticed is like we've got a few times where like we've read something like like it could be like someone's own personal ufo mythology and oh really yeah. I was like, is that the more movie what is <laughs> it like but it's like an actual belief and it's, it's not, it's, it's also been like literally like, oh, uh, like medical stuff from Synchronic, but things like that where it's like, oh, that's not real, but we put that in a movie and it's so weird to see and you're wondering if someone like saw your movie and then unconsciously kind of forgot about it and then mm-hmm. unconsciously weaved the sci-fi horror idea into their own personal belief system. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting, but there's one big one uh, Aaron and I came, up, came across that. I think we should talk blew about it. Blew my that. mind. <laughs> it was blew my mind. <laughs> Actually, wait, okay, we can we can be vague enough because this is interesting.
2: Okay. <laughs> let's let's just be. So uh, Justin and I got really in. We not got. We are currently deeply into the, the UFOlogy world. Um, we are really into UFOs. And um, uh, so as we've been deep diving this for the last year, probably. Um, We found out that one of the major personalities in that world, they're they're, um, not as public belief around what the world and reality is, is essentially the world of the endless. Where we are caught in an endless loop in order to get it right. Um, uh, and, And everything is kind of like a test from the aliens. That um that and and that's what Mandela effects are, and that's what that's what these UAPs in the sky are, and all of that. The theory is, and, and we genuinely, I read it and thought he might have seen the endless, forgot he saw the endless, and then came up with this idea. It's very possible that it, like a major prominent figure in the UFO community.
0: Believes it, or it could just be an accident. Accepted that, it. That the two things, yeah, or, or he just thought you guys are like, right in making a documentary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it also, by the way,
2: more than likely, more than likely is just you know hasn't seen the movie or just like came up with it independently, and because it it but, makes sense to to what he is what he has experienced. um But that's fascinating as a sci-fi storyteller.
0: Well, talking about going down not ch- not changing the subject, but talking about going down internet rabbit holes. How long have you been holding on to the idea and which one of you found the video of the theremin Russian doll army and how you wanted to fit into a film at some point during, during your career?
3: Aaron, Aaron and, uh, our, the, the, uh, the, gentleman we, we, we edit with Michael Felker, uh, who, who, who had the insanely hard job of doing the first, the first edits of something in the dirt. Um, uh, they both found the video simultaneously yeah wow all right it, like while while we were while we were cutting the movie and could not believe what they found
2: yeah w- when i found it on my end i i downloaded it to my hard drive and then realized it was already downloaded onto the hard drive I was like why is this here realized that our editor had also found it but couldn't find a place for it and i sent it to our slack channel with that also has dave lawson our our the tightest he should be on this interview because we're extremely tight-knit um collaborators. And Dave is our producer. And I said, Dave, I have a task for you, a task that you are not allowed to fail. You must license this video. I don't care what it takes. And um, and he was terrified of, of failing because it's just an internet video from 2015 from, from a Japanese uh, YouTube creator. or more probably a musician. And, um, and you know they could just say no, <laughs> they could, or just never respond, or whatever. And uh, and he did his magic. We made a little video explaining how important it was to us, and sent it to them. And they so eventually...
0: yeah, so you said during editing. So the fact that you had the Russian dolls in the trees, and that he brings out a theremin, all was done before you finding this video. Is what you're telling? me. Oh, you.
3: Yeah, that and we, they're uh, playing Ode
1: to Joy. <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> that was the other
1: crazy
3: thing.
2: Yeah, it was three. It, like in a movie about like seeing signals in the noise. And confluences of events and synchronicities and all that. We found a, we found a lo-fi video. Also its lo-fi-ness and its foreignness, foreign, you know, from the United States, uh is thematically in with the movie as well. You know, yeah. and the fact that it's a YouTube deep dive, that's also in the movie, you know. And then of course, there's Theremin's Russian dolls and, and Ode to Joy. And the fact that it was so perfect, I couldn't believe it existed was uh um, a miracle.
0: I have, a start, I have to start. have to start questioning my life you. now. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have to let you guys go soon. So to wrap things up really quickly, um, you also, like you said, you're a tight knit group, and you know whether or not people recognize, you know, Vinnie popping up, you know, in other roles and other films, you know, you 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 surround yourselves also with people who can really pull off, like in the world of the idea of every like, Morhen Benson being the do it yourself filmmakers. The people you surround yourself with are obviously incredible. Have they always? Has everybody always been part of your team, or are they your people you pick up along the way and you take along? Is like we need them for everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, go a, ahead.
3: No, we've been a, been on this road and picking up skilled, talented hitchhikers. Um, more than that, no, and we're exploiting the hitchhikers. their talents. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah Where the hitchhikers? Yeah. Uh, no, well, I mean, I give like a. We have a couple like um, our composer Jimmy Leval. When I very first graduated from college, his manager uh, hired me to travel around with him with just a video camera and shoot a little mini documentary, the making of his album at the time. Stayed in touch. We reached out to Aaron I after Resolution. He ended up just becoming our permanent composer. He's someone I've known for over twenty years now. Um, And then there's other people like uh, Ariel Vida, who we were working on. some content for a YouTube content creator and we worked and worked with her on a job on that and just could not believe like could not believe like how insanely uh talented, skilled, hardworking she was and, and she just became permanent. Michael Felker was our production assistant on resolution. Now he's our permanent editor.
2: You know what's what's funny is we so we we made we made a mistake. Uh, where we 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 hadn't yet fully gotten this idea in our heads. It hadn't solidified of like, hey, the people around you are actually the best people for the job. There's a reason you surround yourself with them. That's they we share taste, we share passion, all of that. and um, and so, like when we were making synchronic and we had a larger budget, we had more oversight, we had um it just felt like we had a lot more responsibility um ultimately that didn't end up being the case. We, our budget was, was almost nothing. And we could have just made it almost like how we make all of our other movies. But, um, but we, we looked around, for example, for like other production designers, just to see what was out there, like just sampling. And I'm ashamed of it. um, Mm. Because Ariel was always the right person for the job. And she had to pitch on Synchronic and she shouldn't have had to, and she will never have to do that again. And it was, it was, it was just a It was something we were trying because we just had never worn the shoes that big before and we didn't know if we had to. Um, And there were other people to please and all of that, due diligence and stuff like that. We've now hit a point where we realize that that's silly and we'll never have to do it again. So, yeah.
1: Uh, One last thing I do want to ask about before we leave, very quickly. There's a significance of basically the decade mark when it comes to certain character milestones in both Endless and Something in the Dirt. Is that just something that you just like to throw out there? Or is there, is there a special significance behind like throwing in a decade for these characters and their histories?
3: Oh, wow. That's really interesting. Brilliant. That's a, Brilliant. Super, that's a super, super good question. That's one of those things where um, <laughs> like, you know, what people say to us sometimes, like the obvious one's like, oh, your movies really always have to do with time. And then we go like, oh, oh, wow. We're really into that. You know and like you realize like it's a real thing like you're doing it There was another one where someone like had seen they had like read the script to be endless i remember them being like oh it's there's a there's a pretty big thing about about mothers here like there's always like a mother thing in your movies and it was like oh wow now 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 we're like now we're just like a cliche now we're like yeah. <laughs> like we're like the we're, we're we're a joke about about freudian thought but um uh but wow, Aaron, why is that?
2: I think it's because, um we're human beings <laughs> we <laughs> we gravitate towards certain things um everything we do is is deliberate, of course, um, and yet also there's a, I think it's it's kind of like okay, huge, huge asterisk on this. We are not comparing ourselves to one of the greatest filmmakers of all time, Stanley Kubrick, but what the, the point I'm making is um, there are people who believe that that um, every pixel, every every, uh, every Hertz of, yeah. of music and sound in his films is, was deliberately planned and all of that is believed by people who have never been on a film set. It's impossible. It is not possible to design things that he is an extremely detail-oriented person, and yet they're ascribing to genius what was actually coincidence, a lot of it. Um, Waltz, and he is still a genius. Um, however, if he were a different director, it would not have been that way. And so there's some kind of subconscious thing, even if it's like who he chooses to hire, who he gravitates towards, um, all of those things, that does then kind of turn my arguments back on itself and say, well, if it were a different director, it wouldn't be like that. It definitely wouldn't. Um, and so there are these things that actually, you know, if somebody even just put it in front of the frame and he didn't say, I don't like that and left it in, that means his sensibilities lined up with it. And so in, in some ways it was intentional. So anyways, my point being is um, what we're doing is intentional even when it's subconscious. And I think that's true for every director that's making something that is a pure expression, mm-hmm. that is that is, that is a, a film that they can call their own. Um, yeah, that's the end of that. I got. It? I feel really uncomfortable about
0: having just compared. It. Yeah, you already hear first people. Kubrick. New Kubricks are in the house. But oh, see you later. <laughs> I, I hope. I hope I. Uh, asked no, no, not enough. I think people. I, people one hundred percent will understand that. I, okay. I promise right. you. But we do have to let you go. So thank you for your time. Next time, though, for the next film, we'll choose. Uh, we'll talk about the next project, and then you'll choose something completely random that you guys want to talk about. That's a film that you think people haven't seen enough of that they need to see, and we'll talk about that too.
1: Or X Files. So many of that. Yeah.
3: Oh my god. <laughs> Should talk about the episode Home from the X Files.
0: Definitely could do more. that too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's it's become such a big thing now. Every, everybody's like onto it all of a sudden because it gets talked about now in like magazines. I think people like the greatest TV show you couldn't watch until now or episode. Yeah, it's
3: shocking even by today's standards, which is impressive.
0: Yeah, don't they bury
3: <laughs> a
2: baby alive? <laughs> yeah, that's insane. I think that's what happens. Anyways, go on.
0: For for next time, guys. <laughs> Thanks <next> again. <laughs> we'll Thank see you later. You. Stay safe.
1: <laughs> All right. But Benson and Moorhead, ladies and gentlemen, I don't think we can talk them up even more, but we probably will, as you're only in the back half of this episode of Overdue yeah. Rentals. And again, for this not to, I mean, from what I'm gathering, this wasn't really meant to be a universe. It just kind of, has been coming together as they've been thinking on it more and more. And that's what I really like about all of this. I would say that it's even, even in
0: getting ready to talk to them and talking to them, it's like, I don't even know where to start because I want to talk about so much stuff. I'm afraid if we get stuck on one thing, we're never gonna get to the rest of it. And there's so much more to talk to them about, about all of these films, but you know, yeah, look when, when, whether or not they planned on doing it when they wrote the endless, you know, it's, it's pretty, straightforward that they're like they're tying these things together. Whether no, whether it was the plan hot. or not, sorry? Go on. Whether it was the plan or not when they made resolution when they started writing the endless to bring it in or not, those movies live together. And then if you do, you like, I mean granted, if you watch Synchronic, there's no, there's no reference. There, 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 it's another movie. It's kind of apart from it. But there are more thematic, I think, things you can say like, oh, well, there's similarities, but it's not It's not involved whatsoever. So when Something in the Dirt comes out and I'm watching it, again, it's like I, I felt much more straightforward about it when I first saw it. Like I felt this was just, a you know, like the ties to maybe the endless if nothing else was more so trying to play on this idea of like when people see us on screen as the actors, which is not that often but they may have this idea. So we're basically gonna try and play against that. And so all these little mentions we're making are almost trying to say, when I first saw it, I'm like, it's like, no, it's, it's yes, we're making these mentions, but it's it's not to do with that almost. Though the, the very large ones, I actually didn't even notice, I think the first time I saw it. I did not notice the red
1: flower the first time I saw the film. Um... And then there's also Arcadia Brewing Company with the third moon lager yeah and- well that that I, that, I kind of, to- that i that I thought was more of just like the nod. you know. I might have to talk to a buddy of mine and see if he can make us up like some sort of like ad campaign for that because I just love It's like taste the same every sip. <laughs> and then, of course, there's the play. there's the the markers that separate the the loops in the yep, endless yep. that appears a couple times in the film. And then the cover of House of the Rising Sun is also in there. Which Um, I didn't notice until you mentioned it
0: even, yeah, again, I I have to rewatch it again to go, to to catch everything.
1: To not plan a universe to be this intricate, but to put that much work into making it work and to come up with these ideas that only further it. And then for them to have, and now have an intent that they want to keep going back. Yeah. I, I really think this is one of the best universes that's been crafted by a set of creators. And, Again, playing against type. I'm watching The Endless. And even in the first couple of minutes of The Endless, I, I get used to like the language of these two. I buy them as brothers. I buy them as people that really know each other well. So then to go into something in the dirt and have that expectation and then have it knocked down so wonderfully because well, of certain things that happen in the film. Yeah. It's just, it's, it, it, it's another testament to their, their sheer, I, I guess you would call it brilliance. Yes, their brilliance.
0: What I think something in the dirt does though that the other films don't. And I'm not and when I'm gonna say this, this is not trying to take a dig in any way whatsoever as to like this like again, the small gripes I may have with any film I love or or even dislike, whatever it is.
1: Well, no, but you're separating this from the other films. Yeah, but, but what the thing about the endless
0: and resolution, while I think they're so well put together, and I think especially in the endless like their supporting cast is like insane. Like they, they do such great jobs.
1: My issue, I believe there was someone you wanted to highlight in there too. And yeah, I'll well, which we'll come. Which we'll come back to. Yourself.
0: We'll we'll come back to. But my issue comes from, and it's something I both appreciate and have issue with because I appreciate the fact that we don't have to go through normal film tropes of watching people overreact to things that are out of this world and all of this other stuff. But I think both, especially Mike and Resolution, and. Aaron and Justin, which again, those are their character names in The Endless, uh, even though it's their real names. They're almost a little too comfortable with how crazy things are. Like, they're just like, it's like, they just accept it. They accept it so clean and like they don't, they don't like, their reactions seem so underwhelming sometimes. And I'm just like, ooh, that seems a little strange, but I'm okay. But then again, I'm okay with it because I don't think you need it.
1: I think that's mostly because of the fact that they're going back to that cult. There's only so much strangeness that that is really inherent to this. They're they're sort of re-acclimating themselves back to this environment and it still has not changed. But it's the it's stuff like that the- they're learning is is sort of, but even then, like, you know, when you come back from some when you're conditioned to think that you're in a UFO or you're lied to, thinking you were in a UFO death cult, anything, especially in the wide world of reporting on those sorts of things, feels possible.
0: Well, I mean, but but Mike and Resolution is very similar and it's much different. He's not returning to some cult or anything like that. He's just going out to help a friend that very similarly he received a video about.
1: Um, with, yeah, but well, we're not here to talk about Resolution.
0: Well, there's a little bit, but the thing, like, the thing about The Endless too is like the more times you rewatch it, whether or not you think you remember everything or not, or whether you do remember everything or not, more and more things start to unfold in a lot of ways. Like, you know, you start to like, the first time I saw it, It was hard to think about it because I was trying to take everything in. The second or third time I I was watched it, I started noticing certain things, not noticing other things. And then actually it wasn't, I mean, even though I think I thought about it plenty of times, I didn't really fully think about it until this last rewatch before talking to them in where the car crash that killed their mother and that had Hal, Hal come and save them from was probably caused by somebody escaping just like them at uh, at the end of a loop and coming out of nowhere and hitting their car, and which is which is why the car crashed right on, right on
1: the markers. The fact that these stories involve recursive loops makes the rewatch factor even better, because of the fact that you yourself can enter these recursive loops and learn more, just like the characters, and then you expand that further. Benson and Moorhead are telling these stories that are sort of recursive like they have these stories of two male com- male friends who embark to go on some sort of journey together i mean be it the betterment or the wellness of one in resolution in the endless or just conspiracy theory hunting and something in the dirt but slowly you get to see these relationships bend and crack and be put under pressure in these in these sort of cyclical sort of um uh, events i mean it's not literally a loop in something in the something in the dirt but the fact that we keep cutting back and forth between after the fact documentary footage and reenactment slash actual filming yeah that itself is kind of like a maybe an arc of a loop well this is where it also
0: gets so difficult to talk about these things because i want to talk about five things now based on what you just said from different movies and i don't know where to start because i want to remember to get to them all because it's like again thinking about the endless alone because just like everything that I try to enjoy the most out of it, when it comes to film or storytelling, whether it's in books or, or music, whatever it may be, is when somebody can tell me the same thing somebody else has told me plenty of times before, but do it in a new way. And the time loop, even though you see that the fact the loops are that the, that this this HP Lovecraftian creature that is apparently overseeing everything creates loops literally in like encasing them in circles. And it's not hit over the head that, that idea of the secular nature of all these things. So it, cause the movie ultimately is the idea of trying to break the cycle of one brother trying to oversee the other brother's life or to, to supersede everything the other brother does to control his life in a lot of ways. Um, and so use again, using the idea of time loops for that to talk about breaking the cycle even though breaking the cycle ain't anything new, I've never seen it like this. And you can come back to it in so many different times and think about it in different aspects, which makes it even better than every time you watch it.
1: Oh, well, yeah. And then you can even think about the possibilities of these films at attacking the, or not attacking, approaching the subject of gaslighting. Yeah. Where it's not, there's like an amount of gaslighting that's done in both the endless and something in the dirt but it's very different results. It's very different motivations. And it's also very different consequences to both stories, but they're using this same device in this same universe. And sometimes, you know, especially with like sequels, it's always, oh, let's do that, but louder, faster, funnier, or more like do that, but more, this isn't so much do that, but more. It's re-examining these different threads that, whether they consciously know it or not, they they keep going to I mean when we mentioned it in the in, in the interview, they didn't the, the whole thing of time. Well they're like, oh yeah, yeah that yeah, is a yeah. thing of ours, isn't it?
0: I think he may have actually been referring to me and not remembering that we had that discussion during Synchronic, because I went through a whole a whole diatribe of that and he's like, Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> well
1: yeah, but then I mentioned the fact that there's there's a certain importance for the decade mark. And I was asking them why that was possible. Absolutely. Well, that and what's what's also
0: there's again now I have another five things and I haven't even gotten to four of the things that I wanted to talk about last time. But uh, from the last part you mentioned, but again thinking about because you also mentioned earlier about the idea that you know alien death cult, which what not really an alien death cult, but it probably was. That's where it started. That you know the the things that they tried to talk to Mike about in their in the in the flashback to resolution when they're trying to recruit him kind of thing and what they show, which they show in the endless is super along those culty lines. And I'm not saying that it was the people who they were there with, but when you go to the, when you get to the end and when Lou temple opens up the, 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 the little cabin them to see all the recordings, the earliest recording, I think is 1946, which means 43, but yeah, it's, which, so this, this circles loop started in the forties.
1: And All it right, probably was an that, alien death that.
0: call thinking someone's gonna come save them, got murdered, and then you know, it could be one One was just trying to get more people to come in because they were sick of being they wanted more people to come in. One could have been something that they don't know how to explain it, and the people are gonna run away, but they want them to stay maybe they think because I think in some ways it's 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 hard to discern, but because in a lot of ways, how ultimately especially the way that uh, he gets kind of congratulated at the end, get pat on the back for having them escape, was part of it was maybe him still just like hoping they escape because he also still wanted to help them with the issues that they had when they were on the camp. Or it could have been that Hal's equation for trying to figure it out involved them, and he was hoping that somehow they would help break their own loop as well. You can look at it so many different ways, Um, and I forgot why I started talking about this, but... (laughs) there's yeah but the whole yeah but that that 10 year that 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 10 year span which again i do agree with and i i have always thought about it it's like well they could again they don't know aaron and justin don't officially know and they understand it's a loop they understand it's a 10 year loop by the time they get out but they just Uh, ran away if they go back in they don't know if that thing's still waiting for them but they could have just turned back and sort another 10 years with them and learned something and then escaped right before it was too late however that being said who knows if the entity would like it and just may just kill them anyway.
1: I mean, it does sound like that this sort of thing happens every 10 years and it's not like... for like, their I guess yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like every 10 years, the three moons sort of rise. And then, that. oh wait, that's another thing. There's like different time dilations, I guess, because the loop in resolution is on a different, might be on a different track than one, the one in... Uh, the Endless. In The, the, the Endless. endless because of the fact that it's only been like a couple weeks in resolution, if I remember correctly.
0: So it's one week. It's one week. Yeah. So it's a week. They're they're in in there for seven days. It's
1: like a decade in the endless loop. Well, there's also a, there's also a tent on a one second loop. Yeah, no, it's different. There's different time dilations in these different loops. And I would love for them to go back and explore the main loop in the endless with the camp. But as we see at the end of that one, there's so many different, for all we know, Something in the Dirt is on a loop. It's just on a longer loop than any of those other ones.
0: Well, I don't, yeah, well, it's a good question because the thing the thing with me too, when watching Something in the Dirt, especially after, especially now I have to go back and do, watch it again, but especially after both, first realizing a lot more of the comparisons I didn't notice the first time and then hearing them talk about how specifically those were done on purpose, it starts to make me wonder because my first thought once I noticed that he, they were smoking the red flower was like, now I'm going back to it and thinking, because again, this is something in the dirt technically is in a lot of ways, a usual suspect situation. And where we can't necessarily trust everything we're being shown because it's all reenactments, technically. Um, based on also technically based officially only on what John comes out with, because granted they're, they're showing the footage of them recreating it, but who knows what was discussed with you know I, I know aaron and justin talk about it like they 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 had something that was actually kind of messed up that just took a wrong turn but in a lot of ways i i take it more on the idea of john trying to create something for himself or whether or not he's a cultist himself <laughs> maybe doing things on his own right so in my mind i start once i noticed the red flower i'm like that's it so they're both smoking it so they both can kind of in essence witness it could have just been light coming through hitting the crystal, but they both see it a different way because they're smoking the red flower, which sets them off on that road. Which made me start to now, now I have to like, now I have to really tire this thing apart and figure out what's going, because whether or not I think I know what's going on, I don't think I know what's going on anymore.
1: No, it's, it, it, there's a whole bunch of unknowns and unknowns and, you know, calculations might be a little off. Some of the calculations might be off, but it's so much fun to be able to puzzle this, and it's, again, done in such an organic way that I I really can't wait to watch even their films that aren't connected to, <laughs> to this larger universe because of the way that Benson and Moorhead tell their stories. It's It really is atypical of most of the stuff that you see in, in film today. This is. I mean, these are indie movies, so obviously with an indie movie, there's going to be a limitation of what you can show, and you can't really go out with – you can't always go out with, like, a huge – like, we don't really see the entity in in The Endless. But I don't necessarily think we need to. I would like to, but it's one of those cases where some people are like, oh, it's more creative not seeing the thing. And it's like, I, I get that that is, that is a concept. But I feel some indie movies take that to the extreme and do not deliver at least sure. the at least didn't do not deliver um something that still intrigues you Blair Witch Project is the one that I really have an issue with. I have hated that movie since day one. And that was just one where it's like, oh, all this mystery. Oh, what you don't see. Oh, the legend. And it's like, this is a whole bunch of jackasses. Running around a forest, yelling at each other, <laughs> losing maps, and being dicks. And I like the newer Blair Witch better than than the. Well, other I'm one not gonna I'm not gonna go on a
0: whole tangent on the Blair Witch at this point because, as much as I love going off on tangents, this is this is again one of those cases where like I have so much I want to talk about, and I know we're not by the time we finish talking, we're not gonna be anywhere near scratching the surface of the things I wanted to talk about, or you wanted to talk about, or that have to be talked about, uh, with with these movies and. And, and that's, that's where why I love it
1: so much. Well, that's it's, where like these are true thought pieces.
0: That's where like something where like people who have not seen anything but only see something in the dirt, whether they like it or not, may feel a little bit they may I don't know if I don't know if I wouldn't say they're not getting the full picture or anything like that, but I think it's almost important now in my mind to have to see all these movies not to make it a good movie or a bad movie or a better movie or you know whatever it I'll may just be just keep it
1: on context
0: that's the thing they work without the context they work on their own as their own pieces which is great but when it's you so when much you more it together enjoyable. it's like oh my god
1: exactly no it's it i mean you can it's just like we're we're now all at the at the end at this recording i think we are at the end of glass onions woefully short one week only theatrical run yeah which yeah just well that's another talk for another day but too long didn't read netflix borked that up because they could have very easily extended that for two maybe three weeks and made a decent amount of money but a lot of people are going to ask should i watch uh, knives out before seeing glass onion and i would give them the same answer that i would give to anybody who asks should i watch the endless before watching something in, in the dirt you don't need to the movie plays on its own and it plays brilliantly but if you want the added layer of texture, like you're suggesting here, you really should watch these films together and maybe go in with like the end, at least the endless firmly in your mind. Because sure, that sure. seems to be the, the Rosetta Stone of where this universe yeah. is gonna be going. I personally,
0: like I said, during the interview, I think I think you should watch the endless before resolution, even though resolution came first kind of thing. Um, and that's just because the way it, the way I thought about it too, after it doesn't necessarily mean anything. I think if people never heard this and they happen to watch Resolution First and see The Endless, I think they may feel completely differently than I do. I don't know. Um, but I do want to go back to, and I should, because as you mentioned, I, I did. I was a little upset that I forgot that I wanted to talk to them very quickly about the fact that I appreciate that they gave Lou Temple such a, because I almost said subdued, because it's not subdued, it's not, not the word I want, just such a reserved role. And look, the guy has so many credits. I've never seen everything he's been in. It's impossible. But I'm used to people knowing him as a more energetic and or quote unquote hillbillyish type character, and so to see him as this very stoic and oddly gentle uh, elder statesman in a lot of ways, I really appreciated. And I also should say that I think um, James Jordan, who plays Shitty Carl himself, was way too good because that's the kind of thing where like, he's gotta be, he's gotta be a little more out of the box. He's gotta be a little more energetic. He's gotta be kind of out of his mind, but in so many ways, it's very nuanced when he, when he, when he quiets down and he's seeing what's going on behind his mind. It's like, it's actually an under, an underappreciated type of performance in my mind, I think.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, it's uh, maybe it's because uh, I, I've seen his name mentioned in, or in the fact that a uh, weird, co- weird connection. Cocaine bear just dropped his poster. Yeah. And Ray Liotta is in there. It's one of his last performances. And I remember now that you've talked about Lou Temple in this way, it reminds me of how one of the first thoughts I had when Ray Liotta passed is everyone's going to go to Goodfellas. Yep. I understand that. But the man was in two different Muppet movies as a big goofball and had so much fun in those roles. And it's like, I appreciate that so much when an actor that you know for like a type gets to do that and even look at i mean circle back to glass onion here's here's another loop coming through folks loops upon loops loops all the way down daniel craig having so much more fun in glass onion than as bond and i understand you know that's a taciturn character and he played it really well but i'm even more excited to see what he does with with the knives out movies and even just in comedies in general because you you even go back to Logan Lucky and you see how much fun he's having and how good he is at just hitting comedy and he's like a comedic mastermind here.
0: Yeah. And
1: yeah. when people get to to break out of those loops of careerdom, it it can be wonderful, wonderful things.
0: I will also I also do want to say how much I think uh, I think I mentioned during the interview, I can't remember, but uh, Vinnie Curran, who plays Chris, the, the gun nut tweaker in both resolution and the endless. And he's also, that's the other thing I got to rewatch because he appears very briefly, apparently in something in the dirt as one of the expert doctors. And I don't remember him, but he helps, uh, also carries the last name Daniels as he, he's Vincent Daniels, instead of Chris Daniels. And it's John Daniels. And I'm wondering, that's another thing I'm like, oh, is is John hiring his family to do parts? Of- oh, sorry. I got to go back. But anyway, he I also want to also, go back because oh, go on. he also needs to be in more fucking movies. That guy plays just like you saw, you know, he's, he's very good at that comedic side, but the, to turn, and he turns so swiftly to the very emotion filled and deep thinking other version of himself. It's just so good. He needs to be cast in more things and I don't know why he's not.
1: I I don't know man. I mean it's it it really is just again there's so much to be unpacking with these films and I want to go back and wa- now I remember I want to go back and watch something in the dirt because uh there's a vocal cameo from C Robert Cargill and I need <laughs> I want I didn't hear like I was listening for him because I remember he tweeted out it's like oh I have a cameo in this movie that's awesome you should watch the movie. And I forgot to listen, but he's like a conspiracy radio host. So now I need to look for which specific scene he's in. But anyway, that's-
0: I mean, there's something like, again, also like the one thing that bothers me is that I didn't get to see something in the dirt with an audience. I've only got to see it at home because there are things like watching John's makeshift radioactive suit reveal- Like I'm laughing, and I just want—I wanted to be in a room full of people laughing at how ridiculous it was,
1: and I didn't get to. Yeah, well, maybe we should program a fest, a Morehead and Benson festival,
0: because I'm I'm dying to. I have a feeling. I I know they—they say they haven't thought about it yet, but like they have to, they have to be going back to. uh, I think all the locations in this fourth film that they're talking about. I think they're gonna—they're going to. It's gonna be a very clear we're going back to all of these places kind of thing and i think it's going to be a more grandiose thing i don't know if we're going to see anything that we haven't seen in the past as far as like you're saying creatures and stuff like that but i have a fe- I i don't know i could be really wrong but i have a feeling they're just going to go kind of balls to the wall with being like not necessarily giving us a pure explanation of things but it's going to be like we're going to wrap this up with this so we're gonna we're gonna show everything
1: well, hopefully they come back when they, they make that next film. Uh, in the meantime, this does feel like a logical place to tell our audience, hey, why don't you cross off The Endless on your Overdue Rentals list? And while you're at it, Matthew, uh, what what's the name of that new movie that those young folks we've been talking about have made? Something in the Dirt. Oh, uh,
0: Something in the Dirt is now available for home video. Oh, kid in, kid in. Oh, my God. Oh, Good my old. God. Something in the cat. Something in the... Sorry, everybody. A cat just came on screen,
1: and I couldn't help it. No one can. No. Honestly, you, you can't. So, and yes. Also, those poor cats and something in the dirt. Just,
0: well, at least one for sure. Cause I don't think we... Did we get to see more than one? I don't remember. There,
1: there was only one.
0: But, but yeah. yes, something in the dirt is available to rent for, you, for your home viewing through Amazon, through all, wherever you want to go check it out. Make sure you watch it.
1: And if but, you want to watch The Endless... Well, I was going is- to say, yeah, The
0: Endless and Resolution are both available on Tubi.
1: Uh-huh. Ah, Tubi, well, a- again, once again, because I've been watching TV, I've been watching Fridays on Tubi because they have yeah, the best yeah. of Fridays. Again, ad timing. I, I, w- I want to say two things. Beautiful.
0: I'm going to say two things, actually. Well, first of all, because it's both resolution well, Also, The Endless
1: is on Peacock, yeah, both the which resolution is also that... fantastic because if you're on the ad tier, they show you all the ads up front and you watch the movie without the ads. Yeah, both
0: Resolution and The Endless are available on multiple streaming services. But I did watch on Tubi because, again, I do appreciate, again, as we talked about, Tubi's ad break And Plus, for the first time ever, I actually turned on the closed-key captions from watching The Endless because I was waiting for now. I got to pay attention to more stuff. They do what I think everybody should do, which a lot of people don't for some reason is if the movie's letterboxed, the subtitles are in the
1: letterbox. Exactly, that is how it should be done. That's how our forefathers did it. That's how this country does it. And it's worked for us pretty well so far. I
0: absolutely love it. But while you do that, if you need to find us, if people need to find
1: us, Mike, where can people find us? Oh, well, when we're not busy, heeding the words of Benson and Moorhead and making entertainment with friends, you can find us on TikTok and Instagram at Overdue Rental Show, on Twitter at Rentals Overdue, and on Facebook at Overdue Rentals. And while you're at it, if you want to email us love letters, suggestions, theories on how the endless and something in the dirt match up together. Uh, maybe there's something we missed here. Maybe there's Easter eggs you find. You can send us all of your findings on, at OverdueRentals at gmail.com. But while we've got you here, while you're on the internet, uh, going down rabbit holes that you may or may not have built on your own, you are welcome to find our little rabbit hole, which is 60-something episodes deep.
0: 67-ish, 68-ish, depending on when you hear, listen to this.
1: Yeah, I believe this is 68, but I could be wrong. This is 67. Uh, Oh, this is 67. My mistake. Well, 60-something episodes is why I go with the something. Anyway, uh, stumble into our rabbit hole, wherever you ethically source your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, if Tubi did podcasts, we would love to be on Tubi, and we would love to have Tubi as a sponsor because uh, Tubi or not Tubi, the question is Tubi. But since uh, clearly all of these, we 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 throw all these jokes and all of these references, and we pick all these different movies because oh well, we don't pick all the movies, but you know we have our guests help pick the movies. If there's a guest you want to hear. If there's a movie you want to suggest, or if you want to be a guest on this show, um, well, if you want to be a guest on this show, send us the email at overduerentals at gmail.com. But if you want to rate, review, and subscribe our pod to our podcast, go to those places that you find it and feel free to do so because we here at Overdue Rentals like to know what keeps the rental counter open and what keeps you as a sustaining, subscribing member to the Overdue Rentals rental shop. You can also means- find
0: us at... Uh, Newsy.social slash at Overdue Rentals for Mastodon users.
1: Yeah, people go to Mastodon. Sorry. I remember my first beer. <laughs> anyway, friends, family, listeners, we're going to leave you now with a hearty and endless bye. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Overdue Rentals that wait. Oh, if this that's good. That's so good. If this was a loop, you'd be doing it. Oh, The loop is broken. We broke the loop, Matthew. <laughs>